0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus, and we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe, so these messages come right to your phone each week, and you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Okay, before I say anything else that's super meaningful and impactful for our lives, I just want to say that I feel most like Taylor Swift and Beyonce when I have this microphone on. That's all I want to say. Okay, if y'all don't know me, my name is Kelsey. I'm the assistant director here at the Annex, and you guys, we are so glad that you are here with us tonight, and we hope you know that you are always welcome. Our doors are always open to you. If this is the last time that you come to the Annex for another year, that's okay. Our doors are always open. You are always welcome to be here with us, and all are welcome here. So before we get into this, I'm going to pray, and let's do it. Jesus, uh, thank you for bringing us all here together tonight. Lord, would we hear about your word? Would we hear about you and your life? And Lord, would we leave tonight knowing more about you? Lord, would we leave tonight changed because of who you are, because of your life? in your name that we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. So we're in this series right now called The Life of Jesus. So we're right now looking at, okay, well what does it actually mean for us to live life in Jesus? And we're doing that by looking at the life of Jesus. And for me, I didn't even hear about the life of Jesus until I was a freshman in college. Okay, freshman in college. I ran cross country and track at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Woo! Okay, so my teammates, they were Christians. And so every week, they invited me to come to church with them. And truthfully, the reason that I went to church with them is because at church, you got free coffee, you got free snacks, I got to hang out with my friends, we would go somewhere fun for lunch afterwards. So I kept coming to church with my teammates, because I was like, church is fun, I like the free snacks. But every Sunday that I was going to church, I was hearing about the life of Jesus. I was hearing about this guy, Jesus, and you guys, I was blown away. I was blown away by the, by the power that he acted and I was blown away by the authority that he spoke with. I was blown away by the compassion and the love and the kindness that he extended towards others. I was even blown away by the sassiness that he had sometimes and even the anger and flipping tables that he did sometimes. I was blown away by this guy, Jesus. So one Sunday at church with, you know, my free coffee in one hand and free snacks in the other hand, I decided to take just a little step and say, you know what? If this guy is who he says he is, if this guy really is the son of God, then then I'm in. Then I want to follow this guy because this guy sounds awesome. So I took one little step and said, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. And when I took that one little step, I knew nothing else I had no idea what following Jesus actually meant. I had no idea what practically and reasonably that would look like on a day-to-day basis. I knew nothing. So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm asking people, like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I follow Jesus? And they'd be like, well, you just, like, leave everything and follow him. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And then sometimes they would direct me to these verses in Matthew chapter 4 that say this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once, they just left their nets and followed him. Does that seem weird to y'all? No, Y'all are all so holy. You've left all your things and you've just followed Jesus. No, this, this is weird. Okay, and every time that I would read these verses, I'd be like, are you kidding me? They just like, right then, just dropped everything and followed Jesus. Left their family, followed Jesus, left their jobs, followed Jesus. They left their net. They didn't even clean up their job. They left their nets there and followed Jesus. And so I was left with a lot of questions. But Luke When he wrote about this story in the book of Luke, Luke knows that we're probably going to have some questions. Okay, so Luke kind of, he gives us way more details. He gives us way more backstory into this. And so in Luke, he starts at the end of Luke chapter 4, and he says this. He tells us that Jesus, he's leaving a synagogue. He's just been teaching and preaching. It's the Sabbath. He's leaving. And Jesus is gaining in popularity. Okay, people are hearing about Jesus. News and word is spreading about him because he is healing people. He is teaching and preaching like no one else people have heard before, and people are being blown away by him. Okay, so Jesus leaving the synagogue. It's the Sabbath. Simon Peter meets him on the road, and is like, hey, Jesus, great sermon today, big fan. Um, We're going to have lunch at my place if you want to come. It's going to be a taco bar. It'll be great, so you can just come with us, and so he's coming with Simon Peter, and then Simon Peter's like, oh, and by the way, my mother-in-law has a fever. Like, she's had it for some time, so if you, if you could just like heal her, that'd be awesome. So Simon Peter, Jesus, they go back to his house, and the scripture tells us that Jesus rebukes the fever out of Simon Peter's mother-in-law, like just speaks and the fever leaves. He just says words, the fever leaves, and then it tells us that Peter's mother-in-law just gets up and starts serving all those around her like nothing had happened, like she hasn't had a fever for the past few years. Okay, remember it's the Sabbath. Okay, you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath and healing people counts as work on the Sabbath. Okay, but whispers start to go out in town of, oh my goodness, did you hear? Simon Peter's mother-in-law, yeah, 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 the one that's been sick for years, that she's healed, Jesus healed her. So darkness comes, and then in the cloak of darkness, people from around come to Simon Peter's house, knowing that Jesus is there, knowing that he has the power to heal. They're bringing people there, and then it tells us, by the laying on of hands, Jesus heals them. That's interesting, because earlier Jesus just spoke and healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now he's laying his hands on the sick people, the unclean people. You don't do that. You don't touch sick people and unclean people. If my boyfriend's sick, I need him to be miles away from him, because I do not want that grossness, okay? I don't want the snot, okay? You don't touch unclean and sick people, so why did Jesus do it? He did it to show them and to show us, hey, your uncleanliness Your sickness, it actually doesn't gross me out. It doesn't repulse me. I care less about your uncleanliness. I care less about your sickness, and I care way more that you are healed and that you are well. More on that in the weeks to come, okay? The point for right now is that Simon Peter just saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law and heal multiple other people from the surrounding area. Okay, fast forward a little bit. Now we're at the Sea of Galilee. Okay, Sea of Galilee, Simon Peter, he's a fisher. Okay, so he's over to the side. He's with some of his business partners who are also fishermen. It's mid-morning. They're over to the side. They are cleaning their nets. Okay, they're cleaning their nets because they've been fishing all night. They've been fishing all night because that's the time of day that you're supposed to fish, okay? It's cool. The fish come to the surface. Easier to catch them in a net during the day. They sink lower, harder to catch them. Okay, so they've been fishing all night. Now they're cleaning the nets. And I'll add right now, they caught nothing the night before. They didn't catch a thing. So while this is happening, Peter, he has a crowd, or nope, Jesus has a crowd around him. And he's preaching. He's speaking to this crowd. And this crowd is sort of like pushing on him, pressing on him to the point where he eventually gets to the banks of the Sea of Galilee where he sees two fishing boats from the night before. So Jesus calls over to Peter and says, Hey, Peter, could we, like, use one of these boats? Just take it out a few yards. I just, these people are stressing me out, like, all up in my business. I'm just going to get out a couple yards, finish teaching on the boat. Okay, so Peter and Jesus get in the boat. They're a few yards out. Jesus finishes teaching. Then Jesus turns to Peter and said, Hey, Peter, well, since we're, like, already in the boat, already on the water... Why don't we just take this thing a little deeper? Cast the net. Yeah, sound fun? We can go fishing? And this is what Peter says in response to that request. He says, master, which that's interesting. There's only a couple times where Jesus is referred to as master. It's like this, hey, I like sort of respect you. You sort of know what you're doing, but like, I don't know yet. Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. In other words, hey, Jesus, we fished last night at the time that you're supposed to fish, and we caught nothing. So I cannot imagine a situation, if we go to fish right now, that we're going to catch anything. Also, Jesus, we just cleaned the nets. <laughs> if we put the nets back in the water, we're going to have to clean the net. That's like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole process. Also, one more thing, like there's people still on the banks, It's going to be embarrassing if I don't catch anything. I'm a fisherman. It's what I do. But then Peter says this. But because you say so. This doesn't make any sense, but you know what? Because you say so. Like this might cost me my dignity and my pride, but you know what? Because you say so. You know what? You healed my mother-in-law. I saw you heal those other people. So here, going to go out on a a limb here. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. So they let down the nets, and then the scripture tells us that (laughs) there was such a large number of fish (laughs) that the nets began to break. I'm going to pause right there for a second. When Peter said the words, but because you say so, Peter had no idea what hinged on those words. He had no idea what would happen next in his life. He had no idea that he would become one of the 12 disciples. He had no idea that he would follow Jesus for years. He had no idea that he would both live and die for Jesus. He had no idea that he would watch Jesus be crucified on a cross. He had no idea that he would deny Jesus not once, not twice, but three times times. He had no idea that in Rome there would be a basilica built around his tomb. He had no idea that he would write two letters that would later be published in what we now have as the Bible. He had no idea what hinged on the words, but because you say so. Stevie last year, Stevie had no idea what hinged on him saying yes to messenger. He had no, he didn't even know what country he was going to be in for the summer. He didn't know the friendship that he was going to make with Sean. He didn't know the life change that would happen in him over the summer. Stevie had no idea, and I don't know if you've been around Stevie, but Stevie's a changed person. He lives his life differently. He lives his life in Jesus. Me, I had no idea what hinged on me saying yes to Jesus when I was a freshman in college. I had no idea that two years after I did that that I would change my major to communication studies with an emphasis in public speaking so now I can speak in front of people like you who are really fun. And some of you are thinking, well, could they have told you to like be a little less loud and passionate? No, they couldn't have. You can't box me in. I had no idea That years later, when I graduated college, that what I would want to do professionally is work at a Christian kids camp here in Colorado, and that's what would bring me to Colorado. I had no idea that years later, that job would land me a job here at First Press, and that now I would get to be with college students on Tuesday nights. I had no idea what hinged on me just taking one little step when I was a freshman. I had no clue, no idea. And Peter, in this moment, had no idea what hinged on him saying, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Okay, so again, they let down the nets. Okay, they catch such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. They're catching literal boatloads of fish, okay? That term's super applicable here. They're catching boatloads of fish. My response in this situation, if this were to happen and I were the fisherman here, I would have been like, oh, I'm rich. I don't have to work another day in my life. Jesus, thank you so much. It was such a good idea for us to go fishing right now. Who knew that so many fish would be swimming? I'm rich. I never have to work another day in my life. Here, I'll give you like, what, you want like 10%? I'll give you 10%. Cool, see you when I see you. That would have been my response. Peter's response is this. It's a little bit better than mine. Peter's response is this. He falls to his knees at the feet of Jesus and says, Go away from me, Lord. Name change. Earlier, Peter referred to Jesus as Master. Now he's calling Jesus Lord. Something's changed. Peter now recognizes, Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. You have a lot of power and authority and control. I cannot quite comprehend and understand you. Okay, I get it. You're not quite human. You are far greater than I can understand. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. He's saying, You are awesome. You are great. You are far better than I will ever be. Go away from me because I am not worthy. I am not good enough. I am a sinner. And sometimes we think we're like, Okay, well, yeah, Jesus is for sure going to respond in this way. He's going to say, Yeah, Peter, been meaning to talk to you about that. You got to really clean it back up before you come back to me. Like, you got to pull it back together and then we'll talk. No. Jesus's response back to Peter is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Come and I will make you fishers of men. Peter's saying, go away from me. Not only does Jesus not go away from him, he in fact invites him in. He says, don't be afraid of me. There's no reason to be scared of me. Do not be afraid. Come, I will make you fishers of men. Just take a step. Just come on. Just follow me. See what it's like. And then the story ends with this. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This story sits with me a little bit better. With a little more detail, a little more backstory, a little more context, the reason that Peter left everything and followed Jesus makes a little more sense to me. And some of us in here are like, well, yeah, I would follow Jesus too if I saw a miracle like that. Like, I would for sure leave everything and follow Jesus if he, like, went up to Boulder Res with me and just caught just an absurd amount of fish. Of course I would follow Jesus if I saw him do a miracle like that, of course. And I think that if Peter were here tonight, he'd be like, are you serious? You want, okay, let me get this straight. You want him to catch you some fish? We just had like a good day out on the lake. You want him to catch you fish? I'm sorry, do you know what he did for you? Like, do you know what he did for you? He died on the cross for you. He He took all of your sin and all of your shame on himself on the cross for you you. He conquered death and he conquered sin for you, but you want him to do a miracle for you and catch some fish? And then I think he might even read out of one of the letters that he wrote and say, you guys, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. You guys, it was incredible. He was in excruciating pain, and never once did he act out in anger. Never once did he retaliate against the guards. You guys, it was awesome. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." And some of you in here are like, okay, well, Kelsey, it's been a fun night. You've told a really great story. Worship, awesome. Thank you for the snacks after. But this is all, it's all made up. It's all fairy tales. It's all fables. Like, this is all made up. Like, come on, how can we know that this happened? So that, I think that Peter responded this way from another letter that he wrote us. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. He's saying, "Hey team, there! Like, even if we tried to make this stuff up, we could not make this up. This is not cleverly invented stories. We were eyewitnesses to His Majesty. You guys, it was incredible." And we have done our best to write it down. We've done our best to give you evidence. We've done our best to record it so that you too can know what life in Jesus is like. You guys, we didn't make this up. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. You guys, Peter's journey started with just a little bit of trust and faith. He had no idea what hinged on him saying the words, but because you say so. He had no idea what would happen next in his life. He didn't know. But I'll say this about Peter. Peter didn't regret it. Peter both lived and died for Jesus. Peter was not held hostage by Jesus. Peter was not captive to Jesus. Peter, at any point in time, could have chosen to walk away. In fact, he did. Remember, he denied Jesus three times. So he did even deny that he knew Jesus, but then went back. He chose to follow Jesus, and he didn't regret it. He did not regret not doing his family business of fishing. He was sold out. He was captivated by the life of Jesus, so much so that he followed him for years, so much so that he did his best to preach and teach after he was gone, and to write things down so that we too could believe. And I'll say this even about my own life, even me. I've walked away from Jesus not once, but twice now. I've only been a Christian for 10 years, so I understand that that's a lot of times, okay? but when I came back when I was 25, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm like in. If this isn't real, then I actually don't know what it is, because this has been the most right thing that I've ever done in my life. Is it always unicorns and butterflies and sunshine? No, it's not. Sometimes li- life, is still, life is still life, and it's still hard, but Jesus is unchanging and unwavering, and he's Lord. He has complete control and power and authority, and he is so loving and kind and compassionate. And you guys, Jesus isn't dumb, okay? He knew exactly what Peter needed to hear. He knows exactly what we need to hear because he knows that following him seems weird. He knows that it seems a little kooky. He knows that it might be a little bit scary. And so when he spoke to Peter and said, don't don't be afraid, come follow me, The words that he spoke to Peter are the same words that he speaks to us. Hey, hey, hey. I get it. I know that feels a little scary, but don't don't be afraid. Come follow me. Just take one little step. Just come and follow me. Just one one step's all I'm asking. You can leave at any point if you need to, but just like one step and just just keep following me. Let's just see what happens. So do you have enough evidence yet? Like, are you convinced? Like, yep, if he is who he says he is, I'm in. Or do you still need a little bit? Regardless of where you're at, that's fine. But what's your next step? What's the next step that you're going to take? I'm going to pray, and the worship team is going to come back up. Jesus, we thank you for your words. Jesus, we thank you for your life, for your disciples, for those that we get to learn from. Jesus, would you be here with us tonight as we continue to worship you, as we continue to learn more about you, as we continue to process who it is that you are and what that actually could mean for each of our lives here tonight. Lord, we love you and we give you all honor glory, and praise. It's in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.